inch between unit. Okay. All right. Welcome to the Wilderness Law Podcast. We don't have the girls with us this time. We just got the big girl, Tristan, and we got Marty with GarQuest. How's it going? Uh, so we are, looks like we are actually going to get to bowfish today. Good. I've been worried about it. It looks like it's going to go around us. We're watching it, but it looks like it's going to go around us. It's been kind of a weird week uh, for weather. It, it, I don't know that I've ever seen it legitimately rain, not even like this rain, but just rain in Texas in August, in this part of Texas. Not very often, that's for sure. And we're having flash flood issues, and I got... I emptied my gauge out. It's five inch gauge. I emptied my gauge out this morning, and it's been full for a couple of days. Wow! You know, and yeah, they were talking about the lake came up a little bit um, in the last couple of days. Yeah, that makes sense. It's hopefully it'll crazy. cool the water off because water temperature has been eighty four degrees. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, I guess let's get into that a little bit. Um, so we've been bow fishing with you once before, and that's our only time bow fishing. Period. Okay. And uh, uh, so what is, so I guess normally on our podcast when we have guests, it isn't like an interview interview. It's really just conversation. That's fine. And, uh, uh, but because of our ignorance, this one will sound more like an interview because we're going to be asking a whole lot of questions. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Um, So what is the temperature due to the activity of the species of fish that we're it it slows it down. They it, they go deeper water or find cooler water, just like every other fish. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we're after carp, gar, buffalo, and they typically run the same patterns as bass, and the spawn patterns are just about the same. The you know water temperature's got to be where it needs to be for spawn, and when it starts getting warmer, they find cooler waters. Mm-hmm. So um, we're finding them in a little deeper water right now. Uh, and it's not the real big ones. Now, when it starts cooling off, that's when the real big ones start showing up. Right. Because they come back in because the water's cooled off. So, um, we've, uh, we're working up close to the river where the river comes in. Mm-hmm. So, it's been doing pretty good up there. All right. Awesome. Now, I hope we get into them. I want to, you know, like the carp, I don't really need, but I'm hoping I'd like to take some gar home and cook them. I'm heard all kinds of cool things about it and never about eating them and uh but never got to well you know you can only eat the back strap yeah yeah, nothing below the ribs so i saw you know mostly i see people clean them like deer like on that's what i've always been told like after you know you tin snips and everything to get the armor off of them uh i've seen people just you know go along the back strap uh, yeah if you like if you run down the back with either 10 steps, what I use is a uh, sawzall. Okay. Run down the back and then take a knife and get up underneath the scales and pull them back. Okay. And then right. you can pull the tenderloins out is right. pretty much what it appears. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I saw one dude, I'm, and if we get one, I'm going to just backstrap him. If we get two, or well, more, let's say more than several, right? Right. Uh, uh, which I don't see happening because we're all kind of terrible shots uh, when it comes to <laughs> this anyways. I'm gonna, well, and the weather's been kind of messing with us, too. So yeah, I'm a pretty good shot with a 70-pound compound bow on a piece of paper in the backyard, but 
you throw that light refraction in there and yeah it's a little different um i just embarrass myself a lot but you know i'm kind of used to that just got to remember to aim low aim low aim low when you think you're low enough aim lower all right that's well i'm gonna try yeah i remember last time that was the deal like i kept thinking i'm way too low and i'd shoot and you're like nope too high yep like what no you're a liar you're a liar (laughs) (laughs) that's why i have that's why women on my boat typically they'll listen a little bit better than guys do yes that's exactly what happens. Yeah, because we want to kill the thing we're looking at. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. All right. Cool. Um, let's see, Tristan, you got anything? Not really. I got like two relatively big subjects, but I wanted to. I mean, you and me talk about bow fishing all the time, and obviously never really get to go. No, not really. Well, you're contributing nothing to this podcast. I know. <laughs> I may remember something. Yeah, I hope you do come up with All right, so we had talked about zebra mussels. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, now he remembers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned them last time, and it may, maybe that was like the second time I'd ever even heard the term zebra mussels. And then I saw, I've seen a handful of little, like, articles on facebook since then especially recently well they they hit this lake now yeah that's i saw um a tp uh, they yeah Texas they just officially announced it two weeks ago maybe mm-hmm. maybe two weeks um that there are in this lake for us as fishermen um it doesn't affect us as much as it does the municipalities, the people that keep their boats in the water. Um, Yeah, we need to make sure our boats are drained and we're not carrying them from lake to lake, but at the same time, the fish are getting fatter in Belton Lake already from eating them. And I have physically seen catfish, carp, buffalo eating them. Just, I mean, munching down. Um, last year we took uh, the record Gaspar Goo out of Belton Lake. Mm-hmm. And his, he looked deformed. His belly was it's so, so fat. Damn. And it, it, he actually looked, it, it was way off the spawn, and he looked pregnant. Or huh. it. Right, right, right. And um, we cut it open, and it was nothing but zebra mussels. Wow. Um, catfish. We've, we've literally Kill. sat and watched catfish, trying to get pictures of it, just wearing the zebra mussels out, just tearing them up, eating it them. It sounds like you wash them so. off your boat and use them for bait. Well, if they were bigger. That's mm-hmm. the problem. They don't have any size to them for nothing. Yeah. You know, the biggest one I've ever seen may be the size of a dime. Oh, yeah. And that's an So it definitely one. wouldn't that's be, a big one. like, worth it for, like, human consumption. Right. Well, you know, and that's... um. Somebody was telling me that, uh, you know, what about us grinding them up mm-hmm. and, you know, eat shells and all. I mean, if they were grind up uh, fine enough, like pepper. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, use it as a seafood yeah. type, you know, seasoning. seasoning. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know what, you know, it would take a lot of money probably to get into something like that. Yeah. But yeah, just I know the fish Keep feeding the ideas to people. Maybe somebody will try yeah, it and yeah. let you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I ain't got the money to yeah. get into something like that. No. But you're, there's always somebody who will try something oh, crazy. Oh, outstanding. Yes, yeah. for sure. 
But I see the fish are eating them. The fish, and are they're just 100% non-native invasive species, right? That's what I understand. Yes. And where they come from? You well, know? they've had them up in the Great Lakes forever. Okay. So they've just worked their way down huh. to us. Interesting. Just um, on boats sometimes. Probably. Birds. Of course, birds, birds. will populate. Yeah. And, and yeah, birds are especially these daggum uh, herons. They mm-hmm. stand in the water. They say it doesn't take but a few minutes for them to start latching on, oh, and we can't okay. even see that they are latching on. And then birds are sitting in the, you know, they stand in the water and then they fly from belting over here. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So. I've always heard that about like man-made ponds that were not stocked. You correct. Give it long enough, it'll be stocked because of correct. birds. Exactly. Makes exactly. Sense. Yeah. Same. Same. Uh, I read an article where they were talking about zebra mussels, and somebody had zebra mussels in one of their uh, tanks around here. Mm-hmm. So interesting. But I don't. Huh. I, you know, I don't know where it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's one of them things you read and makes sense. Yeah. 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 Huh. And then, Tristan, you better come up with something. Um. We're only at nine minutes. Well, <laughs> um. Turn your brain on. I'm doing that. It's just got a slow boot up process, your brain. It's on batteries, huh? <laughs> How long have you been doing this boat? I started, How long have you been fishing and versus guiding, I guess? I started boat fishing in 1984. Okay. And I started guiding in 96 here. Okay. Where'd you grow up? Tennessee. Okay. And then I joined the Army, and I ended up here. All right. That's, uh, you hear that's Fort Hood? Yeah, I ended yeah. up in Fort Hood and retired out of Fort Hood. But I was here at Fort Hood a lot longer. Lot, um, long before I went to retire, because mm-hmm. um, I was here TDY from Fort Knox, Kentucky. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Why do you want to start guiding? Well, I just seen it as a. Uh, I enjoyed teaching, and I enjoyed bow fishing, and so it kind of just went hand in hand. And before I knew it, I was, I was, picking up more and more and more clients um you know it started out super super slow if i wasn't in the military when i started it it would have never made it because people think you can make a killing doing this but it's not you got to have the love for it before you before there's you know you can get out there and do it because boats always breaking down trucks always breaking down bows are always getting broke arrows are getting lost You know, arrows arrows at fifteen dollars a piece. So you go out you go out and somebody loses two to three arrows in one night, which has happened. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen often, but has happened. Then you know. I mean, I, I almost lost you an arrow last time because I shot one through the weeds. There's just some brush up under the water, and I just took saw a fish, took a dumb shot, and you had to like back the boat up just to cover my stupidity. Pull it around. That happens all. <laughs> that's no big deal. Pulling it around, pulling it out, but the things that. Uh, like if you, your string breaks in deep water, I'm not going swimming for an arrow. Right. Or if you hit a big fish and it snaps a line, which doesn't happen very often because I, I maintain pretty well, but that could happen, uh, especially if you're shooting a lot of gar. Because mm-hmm. a small gar, if you shoot through a gar, it'll cut your line. Oh, the armor. Oh, yes, yeah, so it will cut sense. your line. If it doesn't cut it, it wears it out. So the next shot around, if you don't retie, 
the line's breaking. That makes sense. Huh. Is it, how, what's the gar population on this lake compared to carp and buff? Uh, they're, they're right now, I haven't been seeing any real big ones. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been seeing a lot of three-footers, two-and-a-half, three-footers. But um, typically in the spring, the gar population's all over the place, so they've got to be down deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we'll, we'll get hundreds, if not thousands, on the bank. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Was, I've always liked I didn't even know. I mean, I was Tristan's age. First time I was even really made aware that gar existed. Oh, yeah. We were fishing on Lake Buchanan. <clears throat> I know then we fished there a lot for a couple of years, and my stepdad really liked going out there. And, you know, we'd see gar randomly, or, you know, one time we got a small, like a shorter than two foot in a right. cast net. Oh, we're trying to cast get net? Shad, They'll yeah. tear up a cast net. Yeah, that's he like rushed to the shore till he could find a rock and had to bust it because its teeth were already tangled. Right, and right. he had to break its face open and it, and he and he's like, I'm not. It's so small. I'm not even gonna try to eat that. And he, I mean, he we, that wasn't what we were after anyway. Right. You know, but yeah, and that was. But then one time we were walking across Buchanan Dam and I saw we saw three of them swimming together and one of them was and they were alligator gar. And uh, one of them was, I want to say, eight feet long. Like, wow. it was a monster. And, you know, like, you just didn't hear about eating them back then. Like, my stepdad and his brother had, they had built this barge. Uh, it was a wooden barge sitting on styrofoam. And, uh, and they would go out overnight for whites and, you know, get tons of whites. On this little crappy boat that, like, everybody, like, all the guys in the, you know, million-dollar boats would laugh at them, and then they'd pick up their stringers, their yeah. stringers and just, oh, yeah. And, uh, but they caught, going after the whites, they got a gar one time, and they'd gotten tons of them over the years, you know. And they got this one, and one of them had heard that they're, you know, everybody, back then you just heard, you know, so-and-so's cousin that i've never met who lives in canada ate one once back in yeah, the 70s right. you know yeah and uh and he said it was all right and then uh so they caught one and, and after throwing so many back they got one there you, you know let's we're out here middle of the night they had stuff on the boat to cook with so they hammered its head into the deck and cleaned it right there and uh and ate it and they all said it was pretty good uh yeah compared to you know like to texture to lobster which i've heard that's, a lot that's what we uh which i'm not a huge fan of lobster oh well <laughs> uh what we do is uh we'll crab boil it mm -hmm. you know just like you do crab boil okay boil it and drop it in for about three minutes yeah and pull it out and you we call it poor man's lobster yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, because it, it gets that flavor okay of the crab or you know what we all think of the crab the seafoody yeah the yeah, seafoody yeah, yeah. salty the white muscle yeah. right okay. and then it's got the texture of lobster so it you know you you know think of that that's what you think about or shrimp mm -hmm. but more more lobster side of the house than shrimp side of the house uh, but, something um, I want to try and I think I started telling this earlier and got distracted uh one guy, you know how you can you do like redfish on a half shell, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like that. He does that except 
it's hard. You can't really call it a half shell because it's the whole armor. And instead of backstrapping it like a deer, uh, you gut it like normal and then take your fillet knife and pull the bones out. And so you end up with the meat sitting the on the armor. still stuck on the mm-hmm. armor, yeah. And you just sit, you know put whatever you want on top of that and put it on the grill. And it looked pretty good. But I'd never heard of anybody doing Looks that. Looks can be deceiving. I'm I know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when all those guys, they make those YouTube yeah, videos, yeah. and they're, they're like, well, I'm not deleting this YouTube video. I spent a day and a half making this stupid right. video, so I'm going to tell them it tastes good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, that would be, uh, I'd be a little, I'd be a little timid on and that. And that's why I say, if I got, if we got a bunch of them. I would try that on right. one of them, but yeah, it's not going to be my number one gar. Right. Well, and that's uh, we we do the the nuggets per se, mm-hmm. just so um, the best I ever had. Um, I was out with uh, I was I was doing a bow fishing seminar with uh, Become an Outdoor Woman with Texas Parks and Wildlife, okay. uh-huh. and they had uh, people cooking. And one of the young ladies said, hey, you had any of that gar left? I said, yeah, we've got some. Because I brought them out here. I teach bow fishing. Then I brought them out here. And we shot five of them that night. Mm-hmm. Big ones. Four and a half, five footers. Oh, nice. Yeah, they yeah. were huge. In fact, it was it was one of the good nights. You know, we were, they had two on at one time going in different directions. And they didn't know what to do with them. Nice. But um, she marinated this stuff. And I don't even remember what the marinade was. But it was fantastic huh. i mean it was it was making it made me think well it's worth cleaning them now yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's one of those it was how long fantastic. ago was that that was a couple years back yeah, yeah yeah that's cool um texas parks and wildlife was uh i'm gonna throw a name out there and i'm gonna get the first name wrong uh cecilia nasty involved in that you know mm-hmm. uh, okay she's like their uh pr media person Oh, like no. she does, yeah. uh, she produces their podcast, which they just started. She does their TV show that's on like uh, PBS or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, she does a radio show, and then she started doing a. She wasn't the person on the podcast, but she was producing it, and they did one three months ago and stopped. <laughs> well, I, and I know they, um, um, Dustin Van Warnke just picked okay. up their podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he yeah. just did. In fact, he just did his first one, I believe. I've heard um, that name thrown around a lot. Yeah, he's uh, he's went out with me several times, and he set up he set up all my stuff, and we went we went did several bow fishing trips together. Okay. Um, but um, Heidi Heidi Rio is the lady mm-hmm. for the women in the outdoors. Okay. Becoming right. a woman. I've in seen outdoors. that name too. Yeah, she's uh, she's out of Houston actually. Okay. Um, and they have it twice a year, and uh, I try to get a chance to go to it every time. And um, I give classes, and I tell them it's not just how to shoot and stuff, but we get into some of the equipment from the very beginning all the way to, you know, what's going on now today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know. Do you want a water bottle of water? Oh, I'm set. I'm okay. Right. Yeah. I was going to send my minion since he hasn't he done can't, anything he can't remember nothing he yeah, can't think of no. nothing he got one question in there though yeah all right you better start i'm gonna fire you and bring in your sister <laughs> not really you know you have questions you you bring up bow fishing almost as much as i do 
just in standard issue conversation. He's shrugging a lot yeah. for the podcast audience. <laughs> and I and I do it again. Okay, the um salt water. Yes. I've seen a couple of you y'all your YouTube videos about uh, in the Gulf. It said GarQuest. It was. Yeah, and uh, but I don't. But know it wasn't if you in the on. Texas Gulf. It was not. Okay, it, it was just in the I, Louisiana Gulf. Okay, all right. We right. go down there and have fun. Yeah, I think it just said Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, um, probably. So I was just assuming that was yeah. probably one that Tim Jackson did when he was out. They went out to the oil rail, rigs and. And what do y'all go fun. after when you? I go down there and shoot reds and sheephead and black drum. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the big reds go that close. I oh uh, we get them. I we get big very reds little all uh, the way in. If the water salt water, if the water's deep enough for them to swim, they're there. Mm-hmm. Especially when the tide's coming in and just dropping. As soon as it starts dropping, that's when we do our best. Oh nice. Once it starts dropping and it's been dropping for a little bit, then it kind of slows down. But even a slow time is not a slow time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's some good fishing. It's some real right. good fishing, and you know we can we're allowed to shoot those fish, so it makes it even better for us. Have you ever shot at a shark or anything like that? No, uh, haven't. I shot stingrays. I've shot the reds and the sheep. You ever ate a stingray? Yes, they're yeah. delicious. Yeah, I was wondering. Um, in fact, I was I was shooting a lot of uh, stingrays in North Carolina when I was out there training, and. Um, I went and bought a, a doorknob hole cutter for a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I would cut donuts out of their wings and then. Oh, interesting. And then uh, take the tin, because there's a tendons in between the two sets of the top and the bottom. Okay. The meat's on the top, meat's on the bottom, and there's a tendon in the middle, and we just fillet it out and fillet the skin off of both sides and fillet that. So you end up with two pieces of meat out of every donut? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And they're not big pieces of meat, but they were, depending on the size of the stingray, they were good bite-sized and had plenty of them. Exactly. And you always had a old, you know, they still have them old docks, old wooden docks, so you had a backdrop to drill them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drill them all out, throw them back in the bucket, take them out and feed them to the sharks. What was left. Yeah. That's, I remember, uh, oh, we caught, that's when, uh, we, our, our, uh, my, I should have said at the beginning, I guess my brother's producing on this one again. Um, our grandfather, our, I guess, technically step-grandfather, whatever, uh, he had a place in Indianola, uh, that was like his dream was to have a beach house and right. had married a woman and it ruined everything, but, uh, <laughs> But when we were kids, we went there a bunch, right? right? And uh, and the, those old docks were all that was there. It was just, you know, you thought you were going to die walking across it. But it was fun. You know, oh, you're yeah. a kid. You're bulletproof. <laughs> Absolutely. But that was when we fig- uh, we kept seeing these fish and threw a cast net and caught a hundred of them. And they were this big. And we were like, what are those? And none of us knew. You know, mo- almost all of us, like... You know, even the adult, you know, we were little, but, and didn't know, I still don't know much about saltwater, but uh, even the adults, like, didn't saltwater fish that much. And so we took, uh, 
enough information off one to take it back to an identification book, and it was mullet. Oh, and okay. now everybody knows what my, uh, right, Mueller, right. but you didn't even, you brought it up in conversation. To, we did it to a lot, and they're like, what are you, that's not a real Yeah, the Brazos is full of mullet all the way up here. Really? Yep. Interesting. Especially when it runs as much as it ran this year. Yeah. They're everywhere. And uh, and we still never ate them, you know, because yeah, we got supposed those. supposed to be good eating, too. We, that, I've heard know. that, and I've yeah. never, and we, uh, we threw them back because we didn't know if they were legal to catch. Right, so right. We, you know, net or not, you know, we yeah. just. I, the, we don't go down to the Texas coast because there's so many rules and regulations down there. And you have to have, they, they have a size limit and all kinds of stuff. But you go to Louisiana and they're a little bit, uh, they have size limits and they have number limits, but they're easier to identify mm -hmm. than the Texas coast. Oh, okay. Yeah, because everything's so nuts. And what is it? I don't know the red snapper season this year, and I want red snapper is something I know about, but I've never gone after them, and I want to. And was it two years ago they had a single day season for red snapper off in Texas? Oh yeah, Gulf, and they and I heard uh, this guy out of Dallas does a podcast, and he was talking to Parks and Wildlife, and they're like, yeah, it was 100% private interest, uh, the commercial fishing companies for some reason wanted they still want but i guess they've gotten less power in their lobby they they actually built up a multi-million dollar lobby uh and that's where that single day red snapper season came from because wow. they wanted control over the red snapper population but you know then it's like there's all you hear all these horror stories of from wardens or whoever going you know uh, going back through at the end of the day and they'll see one uh, low spot where hundreds of dead redfish are washed up because you know they're the client the guides and stuff their clients have one day to fish and they want the best fish they can get so they'll get one and keep fishing and if they get a better one that one goes in the drink yeah, even see, if it's i've dead. never seen that but um yeah that's that's what you, you know they they we get a bad rap a lot of times as bow fishermen because mm -hmm. we're shooting the fish yeah but the hook and line guys the fish i see them all the time out here yeah you know from they they have to turn them loose they're too small but they don't survive no either the shock of pulling them out of the water or the hook was too deep mm -hmm. or something but we see them out here right, all the time bit, uh, you know i mean everybody's ripped it fish's face apart pulling a hook out i mean it's just yeah. part of it but yeah everybody pretends like hook and line fishing is so sick i just i don't understand the cast and release thing i don't like why why'd you come out just to take pictures yeah uh, whatever man Not i like bag. eating fish too much yeah same here cast and release into the grease you know yep. it's old joke but i love it and uh yeah we're gonna have to hump our cooler down here and um yeah that's it and that's something uh just talking about bow fishing you know we didn't get anything last time we tagged a couple but the arrows ripped loose and you know i remember there's a couple that were like through the fin and stuff so we didn't bring anything home but still it was so much fun well, and, and that's the thing. You're not sitting there waiting for a fish to bite. You're force-feeding them. So yeah. you're chasing them down. You're, you're looking for them at all times. 
you as soon as you put your guard down there's a fish yeah, yeah, yeah you know so you have to keep your guard up all the time and you know typically you get an arrow in them you'll get them in the boat but sometimes you don't and but i've actually uh come out here and shot the second week in a row and got one that we lost the week oh, prior yeah. to that because it had a and it was almost healed Mm-hmm. You know, the fish fish heal up hard, and and buffalo and carp are hardy, hardy fish. They're not like yeah. a bass. You know, yeah. they're not, you know a bass is not quite as hardy. Yeah, yeah they definitely have like the fragile outer exactly. layers. And exactly. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. They, they don't need- get the right oxygen. They don't get treated correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get. You know, they lay them back down in the water and let their gills start moving before they release them. Mm-hmm. And I see kids all the time catching them and just tossing them back, you know, because <laughs> they're upset they can't keep them. Steven, did you see that guy run into the dock? What, over there? Yeah. That, yeah, that dude over yonder? Yeah, yeah, he just smashed the front of his boat into that dock. Well, you know, everybody has their own style, I guess. <laughs> Ba-dunk! Um, so, speaking of redfish, yes. have you ever bowfished... Uh, like a hydroelectric lake where they were stocked with redfish. Yes, you cannot shoot the redfish. We shoot You're not tilapia. allowed to? Or? You are not okay. allowed to. I was wondering um, about they, that. They fall under the same regulations as uh, down at the coast. Really? Yeah. Even though they've been implanted in there. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, we used to, um, trading house used to be full of reds. Yeah, they got rid and of full them after of, they shut the Well, they didn't get rid of them. Well, they all died yeah, off. Right. Yeah, They can't survive they, once they... They need the warm water. Yeah. Um, Redfish died off. Tilapia fell, right died there. off. Yeah, um, but we go we go to the power plant lakes to mm. shoot tilapia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's uh, we hunt we fished uh, TPNL when we were little because we grew up in Axtell, which okay. is right, yeah, right outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, like the Boy Scout camp and stuff. That's where. And I remember friend of mine caught a redfish and i was like what's a redfish like i hadn't like we'd fished here forever but uh never caught a red obviously or i would not known but i was like what is that and i was like oh i guess this is a fish i didn't know about and it was a big one for us right and then uh and then i just you know million years later uh my cousin got married and me and tristan uh like the bachelor party was uh Lake Calaveras. Okay, yeah. Uh, they fish. have reds mm-hmm. and tilapia and And the guy had yeah. downriggers. Okay. Catch and so we got big reds. reds. We got one uh, blue cat. It was a good-sized right. blue cat, and everything else was reds. And Tristan got one that was almost as tall as him. Right. Yeah, it was it was fun. Calaveras is a good lake. At the time. Yeah, what at the time? Oh, at you at the Well, you didn't get taller. You just got wider. And uh, but yeah, that was that was a blast, and uh, I keep trying to talk my boss into doing us a company trip down right. there. There's a lot of guides out of Calaveras. I fish it every now and then for mm-hmm. tilapia, but not. I don't go that unless I'm going to choke. How, I guess I don't go that direction. That's a, how much uh, hook and line fishing do you do? Almost. Zero? I do brim jerking. That's it with my grandbabies. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's it. It's just too much fun shooting yeah. at them. Yeah. I, I understand. I, and, and the only reason I sit out and wait for them to bite is just because they're hanging out and they're trying to catch some, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we did real well when this lake was coming up. We sat in the parking lot on the tailgate of the truck <laughs> and fished up there on the hill. Nice. And uh, we we did. I had a, I had a great time that day because we were them brim were coming in and just tearing our lines up. They, <laughs> we used a, a container and a half of worms. They were tearing them up. It was fun. Yeah. But that's you know it's it's few and far between. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. You come up with anything, boy? No. Golly. All right. I guess let me get a little bit of business out of the way um, as far as podcast stuff. So this is going to be, I, I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but what we're going to, we're kind of organizing it. I've been numbering them this way on the website the whole time, but we're doing it kind of like TV episodes. Okay. So instead of having episode number one be just one it was 101 right so it's the last number is the episode number the first episode the first number is the season right and so we're doing it kind of like tv seasons and so this is the season finale of season one because i'm doing it where the texas hunting season cutoff is okay where it starts up so august september gotcha september first dub season you go into dub season Mm -hmm. and you Exactly. Season. Yeah, okay. and we're hoping to get into some elk in Colorado in September too. Oh wow! I'm hoping to trade, get to a point in my life where financially, where I can trade dove for elk. Cause I'll go after dove, but they're not that fun. I don't love eating them. It's not my favorite thing on earth. No matter how much cheese and bacon and jalapenos you put in them, and also I'm really very incredibly terrible at wing shooting <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth right there that's why you don't do it yeah. i'm so bad at it it's mm. i've so wasted so much money and took home so much empty plastic right shells right. that you know didn't amount to birds and right. you adam uh he's gonna shake his head a lot because he's not on a mic but You've never been dove hunting, right? So I'm hoping to drag my brother out dove hunting this year. <laughs> uh, he's been playing Yankee in New York for a couple of years, and uh, and that ate up a lot of his fun having. Right. And he was running a movie theater up there. It's raining again, Stephen. Uh, not sure too bad. Is. I'm glad Robert's taking you all out. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, that's what kind of lights do you run? Uh, th- this boat's got uh, LEDs on it. Okay. My other boat's got HPSs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer the HPSs. He, really? Because yeah, the like, color temperature? Yeah, the color, the color um, as they, um, how they cut the water. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. That's, yeah, I was wondering, because I was thinking about building us a little junky something at some point still it's turned it's a lot of wish lists with the wish lists on amazon right, right you know right. it's that's where it sits but uh yeah i've seen a lot of lights and they're all led yeah well everybody's trying to go to led because you get less draw with led mm-hmm. run a smaller generator yeah, yeah yeah so so i guess where do you so texas is one of the few states that i think all right I may be wrong on that. I may be completely lying. That uh, 
makes it illegal to bowfish for catfish, right? Yes, there's only two states left that you cannot bowfish catfish. It's us and I think it's us and Ohio. Interesting. I think. Yeah, Ohio. I'm not sure. I don't. They're gonna elect our next president, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there you go. There you have it. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, so where do you stand on that? Uh, like, I don't know what. What's the value in making it illegal? What is there an upside to that? No. Um, in fact, I get a giggle out of, uh, you know, we it was legal mm-hmm. in Texas. Well, then they decided they were going to make it illegal, and then they made noodling legal. Yeah. Yeah. What's okay. noodling? Noodling. Oh. Oh, I know what noodling is. What is it? Tristan, tell us what noodling is, since you haven't talked at all. It's where you shove your arm in a hole and wait for something to bite. Hopefully it's a catfish or (laughs) maybe it's a water moccasin. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's most people's opinion about noodling, yes. Um, Yeah, it was illegal for a long time, right? Yes. Uh, And they just made it legal. And noodling is pulling big females big fish off their nest mm-hmm. off the eggs and it's you know yes you reach up in a hole and you pull this fish out but the fish that you pull out of there a lot of times when i was noodling if you're early in the season you're pulling them off the bed if it's later in the season and i don't know how i don't know much about catfish but mm-hmm. they're big fish and you're pulling them off now if you're keeping them then you're just di- di- um, taking down the big fish. Where bow fishing, you know, tip you're not seeing a lot of fish bow fishing. Well, not big, a lot of catfish. The big cats are lower, right? Right. Yeah. You don't see a lot of big cats for sure. Um, some lakes you can get in there. Here, on and off, I'll see some five, six pounders, but you don't see them all night long. Mm-hmm. You'll see mm-hmm. three or four. And, you know, that's it. It's not around this area, especially. You don't go out and just go. You you wouldn't go out and just go bow fishing for. I went, um, when it was still legal, I went one time for just catfish. Right, right. And we did really well. But it was kind of springtime where they were, they were looking for some place to spawn. They were looking for a hole. Yeah. So it made a big difference. Tweaking levels, I should have done that at the beginning. I forgot that one. It's uh, like this one I figured out for when adult males are on the mic. If you don't tweak that down, it messes with the bass when people listen to it in their car. Oh. Um, They have an audio dude at work that told me about it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, right, right. Then now I'll listen to hunting podcasts where it'll just be tearing my speakers up, and I'll be like, I need to email that person that I don't know at all. Yeah, (laughs) tell them, hey, you need to turn this down. (laughs) So so is there any push to legalize catfish bow fishing? We're still working. Texas Bow Fishing Association is working on it. So if... What's it called? Texas Bow Fishing Association. Texas Bow Fishing Association. And, uh, and then Bow Fishing Association of America is another backer of bow fishing. So if you're a bow fisherman at all, you should be a member because it's kind of like NRA. If you 
have a weapon, you need to be a uh, NRA member because they fight for your rights. And what was the second one? Sorry, I didn't. I, I typed. So, uh, so. Boat Fishing Association of America. I think I've seen one of them's website. Association of America. All right, so I'm going to put links to that in the show notes, folks. And uh, I'm just making notes so I can look it up after. Um, you got it. I'm yeah, that'd be old good. and I forget. Yeah, uh, if you're bowfish, <laughs> if you're interested in bowfishing, you should be a member because, you know, that's that's what we need. We need backing members and mm-hmm. to be able to get that approved. Yeah. You know, and they, they the excuse I got was we couldn't tell how big the fish were. Right. Well, we look at everything we shoot at. Yeah, I know. Uh, you you know, tell fishermen, they don't look at them. Trot liners, they don't look at them. Mm-hmm. You know, they may be on the trot line all night long. They're not mm-hmm. going to be alive the next morning, typically. Yeah, I've seen uh, black bass caught on goldfish trot. jugs. Yes, yes. <laughs> In fact, uh, I, I jug fish a lot. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we pulled up three or four bass. Yeah. And you can't keep them. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you weren't targeting them, but no, you can't keep them. Yeah. And it's so illegal to catch them on a jug. You got to turn them loose immediately. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a pain. And I, I got that and a carp, or um, somebody that I witnessed got. Uh, no, we put it back anyways, but uh, just playing, goofing around. But uh, yeah. And so it was like half of the fish I got was illegal to right. keep yeah, on jugs. Mm. <laughs> like, yay. Yes. Half of the two. Yeah, so we got to find a better spot to put our jugs next year. Well, and part of the problem is people don't, they don't check their jugs. They don't check their lines. Yeah. You know, there's a line out here that I went over a week and a half ago, and it's still in the water. Oh, yeah. yeah I know yeah, my uncle's been doing a lot of jug fishing, and they, and, uh, I don't remember where, but they caught some kind of record catfish yeah. off of them. Like, That's cool. Conroe's yeah, exactly. excellent for jugging. Why does that make, exactly, you know, trot, uh, trot lines or jugs, and you're going to come back whenever, as long as, what is it, 20 days or with, 14 no, days Yeah, but or they're supposed like to be checked every 24 hours. Yeah. And, so, and the dates are supposed to be changed on the jug mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, you they have been checked, it, you know. Yeah. And that's when we put them out. It was the middle of deer season because we had this one. San Gabriel goes real close to my office. It's just easy for me to check. And I, uh, I lost a jug. Like, it just disappeared. And I'm like, there's no way it did that without a human involved. Oh, it could be on the bottom. Uh, well, no, because I could see the bottom. And, oh, it, and okay. I had this bright red okay. weight. Right. And it was just gone. And right next to where it was, there was a bunch of, like, beer cans and stuff like teenagers oh, right. you know right. and I'm like oh, okay and it was in between like it was a river, you know so it's in between two of my other jugs and they were perfectly fine and you know one of them had that bass on it and uh, and so I called the game warden because I was like I don't want them kids to have thrown it up, you know a mile down river or whatever and, and I just didn't go far enough to see it and he's going to see the dates you know Right. And so I called the game warden, and he's like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> he's like, I care, but it's deer season, you know? Right. <laughs> I got yeah. 
too much to handle. And I was like, oh, okay. But I wanted to be covered. Yeah. We wanted him to know about it. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, so, all right, yeah. So if y'all are, any of y'all out there listening or interested in bow fishing, don't mess with that. You're going to pop the XLR, and I'm going to punch you. You still ain't come up with anything, Tristan. It's the season finale. <laughs> You're usually a lot better at contributing to this. I want to go bow fishing. I yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? And we're earlier than we thought we were gonna be. My bo- my brain's on fishing. Yeah, that should make generate conversation. More questions. Related More to questions. Just fishing. remember, aim low. Well, it's not. So. Aim low. Yeah. That's uh. You want to talk about the kind of bows you use? You want to talk about lefties versus righties? See, he's uh. He shoots for 4H. Oh, does he? Uh, just yeah, you know, archery, and so that's. I don't know, Tristan. You're really annoying me right now. I'm not kidding. Okay, I'll think of something. That's that's yeah. I don't know what your deal is. Um. Uh, and so that's where we kind of figured out the lefty thing for him. Like, oh, yeah, right eye, left you, eye dominant. Yeah, Tristan, close your left eye. Close your left eye. Just close your left eye. No, this is your left. Close, yeah. Your other li- he left He literally eye. cannot close his left eye by itself. I've never seen that. <laughs> wow, you look very special needsy right now. <laughs> Golly, goofball. Yeah, but he can close his right eye just fine. Uh-huh. I don't. I've never heard of that as being a thing. But then, yeah, eye dominance. I started researching that, and so we got some left-handed bows for uh, 4-H because he's not the only one. There's a bunch of right-handed right, right. kids that are left-eye dominant. And there's a lot of kids. You can you can teach yourself mm-hmm. yeah, to shoot either way, but it's uh, you usually a lot better if you're. Right, the Same dominant thing. eye is what you're using. Mm-hmm. That's I've heard that the only place, so like it, your body can get confused if you're strong in one hand and strong in the other eye, except in baseball it's supposed to be useful for some people because you know you're, uh, like if you're right-handed your left eye is closer to the pitcher. Hmm. Right, I've just heard there's been some case studies about that where they found that was helpful but i don't see anywhere else it would work especially in shooting right Right. and and so say your body gets my my brain gets confused Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. i'd i've shot left eye just i remember we i had a tree blind that my friend had set up and one of my favorite people on earth love him to death but I don't know. Sometimes he just goes full stupid. And this tree blind, it's like to sit where your body was level, you're going to be off level to the tree blind. And so you're kind of sitting awkward. And the way it was in relation to the feeder, it was just made more sense to hold the gun in your left hand. You were left-handed rather than right. Yeah. And so I, you know, I took a, uh, I killed a little, you know, spike, but, and but I said I you know before I took the shot I was thinking about it I was like okay let me I gotta train and you know and I my head was in the right place to do it um, but 
attrition, that's not an option for some reason. I mean, what are, you're like 48 years old, right, Tristan? I'm 11. <laughs> and still haven't figured out how to close your left eye. Yeah. But what the fuck are you going to punch me? <laughs> Goofball. Okay, I have something to talk about. About <gasps> time. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's talk about bows and bow fishing. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, something new? Okay. Do it. You gonna ask me a question? Yes. Okay. Uh, you use compounds. Correct. But have you ever thought about uh, fishing with recurves or anything? Yes. Good question. Recurves are good bows, but I was shooting recurve and I was having issues uh, keeping the arrows in. I didn't have enough penetration with the recurve. That's why you'll find a whole bunch of people shooting lever bows. They're compounds, but they look just like a recurve. Oh, like the Oneida? Oneida, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's the original one, yes. Yeah. You got Oneidas now, and then you have American Eagle bows, and there's a couple others. But they shoot just like a recurve, but they have the power of a compound. Like the drawing experience is like a recurve. Just like right? a recurve. Yeah. I've heard that, but I haven't gotten to shoot and one. They and um, they're excellent for bow fishing. Um now, you get a compound bow, and it's set up for bow fishing. It doesn't have a um, let off. It just draws back from the time you start pulling it to the time you get it back. That's where you're at, 30 pounds or 40 pounds. Now our uh, The bow we use has a setting on the cam for that. Like, you know, it's like A, B, C, and D. Right. And A, B, and C are standard issue. Uh, exactly. You, know, you have a hard back wall, you let off in the back wall, and then, yeah, then D is, they call it, I think in the book, in the manual, it calls it infinite, but it's just for bowfish. It doesn't have any let off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's why they call it diamond infinite edge. Oh, uh, I, Maybe that's a sure, special setting why not? I haven't asked the people at diamond, but why that sounds not? That sounds yeah. logical. Mm-hmm. Those are cool bows because they go down from anywhere from six pounds to seventy. Yeah, and uh, so he can have his for you know throw a new string on it every now and then, and right, he's got it the rest of his life. And they make they make good bow they make a good bow fishing bow also. I've heard a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of guys are shooting them. What type of bow like company name do you use? PSE. I prefer the Discovery Two mm -hmm. because it. Everybody can shoot it. It's a 30 or 40 pound draw, and they sh they take a lot of abuse, and they shoot well. Plus, they're a very inexpensive kit. You can get the whole bow fishing kit for 300 bucks. Nice. And if you if you don't believe me, you can look at Cabela's and Bass Pro. They both copied it, and they make their they have their own. Mm -hmm. So do they just have PSE build it for them and yeah. throw their own sticker exactly. on it? Yeah, it well, yeah. paint it. They they yeah, do yeah. they do the whole detail on it. Dipping it and all that. Yeah, and they yeah. got their own name on it, but it's the same discovery too. Yeah. So that tells you how good a bow that is. Yeah. That's I got a friend that that's he hunt he him and his whole family they're 100% PSE on yeah. for hunting, and uh, and that was the first time I ever got to. See one touch when we were playing with it, and I was like, Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, bow. they're good little old bows. Yeah, 
Okay, that's my question. <laughs> All right. Well, we're running up on time limit anyway. So, I guess uh, closing thoughts, Tristan? Um, let's kill some fish. No, that's a good one. Marty, you got any closing thoughts? No. Nope. <laughs> We're going to... Go out so, and have fun. Yeah. Find some fish. So, again, uh, Marty's with GarQuest. I'm going to put a link to their website and maybe Facebook page and everything on uh, on the show notes. And when I post the podcast, I'm going to tag them and all that good stuff. Okay. That and, sounds uh, good. And we're um, the couple of people that pay attention to the Wilderness Law podcast page will uh, see probably some uh, Facebook Live tonight uh, that'll be serve as kind of a promo for the podcast. Do a blog about the season finale. Yeah, here's the thing about that. No. Because <clears throat> writing takes too much time. Like, I can do this whole thing in an hour and writing a full blog could take like days and you have days <coughs> no i don't i gotta work for a living no, you, you don't. just go to school and sleep do you start school do you start school monday are you looking forward to it yeah I say it that. out loud the microphone can't see you shake your head no, no. i am not they, excited they hear their little rocks back and forth <laughs> Yeah, his sisters. He's got uh, one. One's going into first, and one's going into kindergarten, and they can't wait. You know, they're oh, right, so right, excited. Yeah, yeah. Both of them went to school last year too, and they just loved it. Yeah. And Tristan, from day one of kindergarten, Tristan hated school. Yeah. He's like, oh, I gotta go. Like the was Mike Birbiglia has that joke. I can't wait to go to school. I'm gonna go there forever. And then I go to school. I'm like. I gotta be here how many years? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then work starts. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So enjoy school. College, Everybody said that college and work kids. starts. Uh huh. Yeah. You better be glad uh, my fishing partner's not here. She'd give you a run for your money. She's eleven too. And a left-handed. <laughs> I bet she would. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last time you were pulling. I think it was her boat, like twenty pound or something. And yeah. Like you hit that one. Uh, buff right in the side, and it just bounced just, just off. Just didn't or have enough yeah, pressure. Yeah. Wasn't, yeah, yeah. And you, you had the best. As far as aiming, you had the best shot of all of us that night. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how it works out tonight. Yeah. I hope I have a more manly bow. You, uh, yeah, my manly bow doesn't do you any good if you can't pull it. Yeah. Well, I can pull more now. Okay. That's what well, we'll find out. We've got PSEs up there. Yeah. He's we'll definitely shot up, up a little bit. Yeah. That's uh, good. And strength and everything. It makes a big difference when you're shooting a lot. Yeah. And he's, honestly, he's got a lot more archery experience than I do. Uh, you know, I, uh, just because we'll do those 3D competitions, and he'll do, you know, one round with a recurve and one round with compound and i'll be like you know and that's 60 arrows i'm yeah. like plus your well and, and it, it could be 62 and and i'm just like is I'm it tired. is it um is it a the 4-h attached to uh archery in the schools program no 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 it's just our it's uh williamson county 4-h uh they 
Uh, they have their own just Williamson County Shooting Club, and it's all oh. kinds of shooting. And oh. wildlife management, too, is kind of a newer thing. Uh, Larry Highsmith is the guy that runs 4-H for the whole state of Texas. Oh, okay. He's at A&M. And, okay, uh, that's where I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, like the wildlife management, hunting and fishing and stuff, he's trying to get that into the clubs more, but to get any of it on the local right. club level, you got to have parents that want to do it. That's willing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so hunting is not a hard sell in Williamson County. You know, it's, you, you go to HEB and Georgetown and the one car that doesn't have a, you know, a, a, a Texas Trophy Hunters Association sticker on it's the weirdo and the, you know <laughs> right they they drifted in from Austin yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah they're stopping on their way to something to not hear yeah, yeah. right <laughs> exactly I've walked in there one time with um, we'd coming back from hunting and I had mud on my boots and camo and just some random dude goes you get anything and turned out he'd just gotten back and we just both just started uh, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we both got skunked and we were just commiserating. Yeah. Never met each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Good deal. Uh, do you do, do much hunting? Yeah. Not anymore. I hog hunt and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just mainly because I don't have any place to go and I'm not paying. Yeah, it's hard. It's, all that's drying up. It's, yeah. you know, like the place that used to be our, well, it wasn't our deer lease, but it was our, my stepdad. Uh, and his brother and cousin, uh, you know, they'd had deer leases their whole lives. Right. And then we went out there, Tristan, stop hitting your mic. And uh, the lady that owned it, we went out there for the summer to set up some stands. That's what it was. And uh, <clears throat> go in there, and there's bulldozers tearing up. There's some kind of special rock under the topsoil that uh, people that sell stone for houses wanted and she's tearing up she's selling it all yeah right out from under you yeah and and she's and so they they're like that's weird but maybe they're just staying and then when we were driving out we noticed they were just tearing up where his cousin's blind was and they've been on there 15 years you know and so he called the lady that owned it and she's like, how does that mess you up? And they're are you serious? Like, this is definitely, like, breach of contract. Like, it's illegal, technically, to mess with somebody's hunting spot uh, if you're going to have them do it during the season. And she's right. like, they're not stopping just because it's deer season. Yeah. And then that it would be illegal if they came in there and messed this up. And uh, so they walked, had to walk off a place that they managed the popular deer population for 15 years wow and And haven't found a place that's not the first time i've heard that that's happened a hundred times over yeah and that's i spent all my money on my boats yeah Yeah, instead of doing the lead and that makes sense that was another thing that was another thing that got me into bow fishing more Mm -hmm. because it was it was easier for me to bow fish than it was to try to hunt yeah i (coughs) You know, they've been working on the prong, pronghorn population out west. Right. And I keep hoping that they work, because land is so cheap out there. 
and it just seems like it wouldn't be too big of a deal to get a decent sized piece of public land that can be managed kind of more like western style right you know instead of tech eastern but it's and wide Texas open style. so yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna produce a whole lot they, now, they move too much well they're saying a big problem they've had is the for decades uh cross fence wasn't barbed wire it was a panel oh okay so the and pronghorn don't jump so they couldn't they would just die off you know they couldn't all of a sudden there'd be a fence around them and they couldn't move to the next area and so that and so texas parks and wildlife and some private conservation groups have uh put money into like they'll go to a landowner who's fenced off with uh panel and uh or field panel or field fencing and give them money to swap out like they'll subsidize if you'll swap out to barbed wire because they can go through the barbed wire we'll you know give you x amount we can't give you the full amount you know uh, but it's not an unlimited fund but we can help you out such and such percentage and they're saying they've they're saying they've had some success with that and so that's cool and that's i was just you know it'd be cool if we got a place out there you know towards the davis mountains or whatever that was managed like that to where you just had to buy a tag or put in a drawing and you got to be on parks and wildlife without having to yeah, get land permi- you know permission and da, 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 da. Cool. all right i think we're gonna wrap this up um thank you all for listening to the wilderness law podcast um thanks for listening uh any at all that you did this whole season and go to wildernesslaw.us go to is it it's garquest.com garquest.com and uh check out all, both of us we got facebook pages we got instagram yeah, uh, garquest bow fishing on facebook mm-hmm. and we're the wilderness law podcast and uh and not like i say i'll tell i'll put links to all uh garquest everything and uh also uh one little teaser so coming back in season two of the wilderness law podcast we're gonna have an actual legitimate sponsor (laughs) that's the most you said the whole podcast all right all right thank y'all for listening we gone say bye bye (laughs) thanks for having me yeah